This podcast episode is brought to you by Uncaged with RobinAnn.com, where virtuous women dominate in purpose, passion, and purity. Tired of being sabotaged by perfectionism and procrastination? Finding it hard to focus on one thing long enough to make real progress? Ready to do whatever it takes to get that passion project done? Then the Women Who Finish 40-Day Devotional book is for you. In this book, Robin Ann coaches you through mindset shifts to fulfill God's call in your life and truly harness your ability to finish what you start instead of feeling stuck and frustrated with where you are. Get your devotional book now at robinann.com forward slash IG. When you think of upgrading your career, what comes to mind? Well, for me, I think about all the ways I show up to serve others, and that even includes my resume. For most of us, a resume will be the foot in the door to a new workplace. It'll show what we've accomplished in our career, and blase, blase, all of the showcasing of skills, right? Quite often, though, the last time we audited our resume was probably the last time we were searching for a job. For me, after graduating with my master's, I realized it's time to make a deep dive audit of my own resume. Was it the best way to reflect me? Did it reflect my brand? Were there elements missing? Was it old school? Well, in this episode, I interviewed Danielle Yodele, founder of ExcelWithDanielle.com, where she offers resume audits and consulting. All right. Welcome, 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 Danielle. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Ventures Now podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be in your guest chair. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm honored as well because it's been beautiful to connect in Maya Elias's group. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's called Content Club. Right, right. She's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Love, <laughs> love her material, love her personality. But I also love that she's created a space for people like us who are in this career consulting coaching space to connect. And that's how But what I'd like for you to do is really to just introduce yourself to some of my listeners who are watching and listening and tell us about your story. Yeah. So I guess my background, you know, my roots are in Florida, Alabama, and Louisiana. So before I'm anything else, I always have to say that I'm a true Southern belle, right? Like I, I believe in hugs, warm weather, uh, comfort food, and church. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, I do live in Chicago now with my husband. Um, I have a corporate America job, nine to five, just like a lot of people who are probably watching today. But as a career coach, there's really nothing I love more than helping people excel on their job search and also in their careers overall. And so this year, I started my career coaching practice, ExcelWithDanielle.com, so that I could really better serve a lot of the professionals that were already reaching out to me for advice. So... That's just my quick intro, a little background on who I am. Love it. And I've, I've, um, <clears throat> I, I think either two weeks ago or last week, I like thoroughly reviewed your site. It is so professional. It's so clean. I love the stories you give. I love how Thank you. you are. Um, and I love how you loop in your faith and how that has really empowered you in making certain career moves. So I'm mm-hmm. really, I'm really looking forward to this interview. Awesome. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> So what I would love to do is talk about your journey. Um, 
if you haven't listened to some of the other podcasts, one of the things I love and one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to dive deep in the juicy details of people's yeah. journey in transitioning, right? Because a lot of the topics I deal with are single women transitioning to becoming more he- emotionally healthy and confident in dating. Um, I talk about um, career changers like millennials who've made the career change and also people who've started businesses. And in each type of category, there's a transition. And so I yes. want to hear some of your journey of transition and what triggered you to develop your skills and your practice. Right. Oh my goodness. That's a, it's, it's, we have some time, right? Yeah, we have time. <laughs> this is the whole point. <laughs> okay, so, well, first I have to say present day, I, I do work in corporate America. I'm a management consulting manager. I have a fantastic job. I work for an awesome company yeah. um, and I get to work for some amazing clients. I went after this job. I got the interview for it. I nailed the interview. I got the offer. I even negotiated the salary that I wanted. However, that is not my entire journey or story. <laughs> like it just has not always just fallen into place and worked out for me that well. Mm-hmm. Um, my journey has had a lot of really unexpected lows yeah. over the 12 years of building my career. Um, things that honestly, Gayon, I didn't know at the time if I'd be able to bounce back from. Right. So I don't know if some of your listeners um, will be able to relate to this, but I have been unemployed twice unexpectedly um, at a point in my career. I have been underemployed and also just really unhappily employed. Right. So just, wow. you know, really going through it. Um, and my, my journey started off very typical. You know, I did what most people are told to do. Went to college. I got my degree. I got a job right after college. I was working in my field a couple of years after getting some of that real world experience. I decided to go to grad school. So I was in grad school and working full time. I earned my MBA and my career was just really making this, you know, slow and kind of steady climb. Like things were great. Right. A couple weeks after earning my MBA, I returned back to work from my lunch break and I was called into an office uh, with the chief learning officer who informed me that my position had been eliminated. No. And the wind was just completely taken from under my sail at that point. Like in an instant, everything changed. I was not prepared to lose my job, just mentally, emotionally, financially, you know, it was something that I couldn't have expected. I was really doing well and I was a good performer um, and it wasn't performance related, but it was 2009 and the economy had crashed and companies were scrambling. They were downsizing. They were getting rid of positions. There were tons of budget cuts. And it didn't just happen to me, but it happened to 8.9 million other jobs, you know. Going on, yeah. It was rough. It was rough. So I remember standing in front of the unemployment office thinking I never thought that I would be here. But I thought, you know, it's okay. I'm going to bounce back. So after I did what I needed to do to make sure that I was getting an unemployment (laughs) check, Um, I immediately started going after other jobs, but nothing that I was doing was working. Nothing. I mean, 
I sat in front of my computer for hours. I was sending out resume after resume and everything that I thought I was supposed to do, it just wasn't working. And so that was kind of that trigger, like turning point for me to say that something has to change. Like something has to shift because I can't continue to be in this place. Right. Wow. So I wanted to, I want to tease out something that you brought up. Um, okay. Cause I mean, I think, I think that one of the things that I really value is when people speak from the heart and I really appreciate how much you really went into detail there, but like, talk, talk to us a little bit about your journey of being underemployed and employed just a little bit. Go ahead. So underemployment, um, just to define it is when you really are working in a role that you're overqualified for. And I was, in a position (laughs) I'm like I'm doing a whole lot (laughs) and um I'm not getting the advancement that I you know feel I deserve I'm not being challenged in the way that I want to be challenged Mm -hmm. I'm not growing and I'm also not being compensated for what I'm I'm truly worth and when you're in that place it is so hard because you just feel stuck I felt so Like, I've got to get out of here. I'm not growing. I'm not going anywhere. I need something else. Just just so that people can understand stuff within context. How long were you in that role for you to have realized? Two years. Okay. And that's enough to realize what's going on, right? Like, what's the dynamic of the job? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, at that two-year mark of just getting up every day, making myself go to work, trying to pep talk myself into it. Um, I had moments where I would just walk out and I'd go sit in my car and just pray like, Lord, you know, how do I get through this? Like, I know you've designed me for more. How do I get through this? How do I get out of this? Like, give me the strength and the perseverance. Yeah. Um, and then I started, you know, tackling the job search again. So that was my underemployment experience. Okay, now tell us, talk to us about, is that the same? Is that synonymous with your unhappily employed experience? Or did you say that to sort of earmark another type of job experience where you were like, this is, I'm probably getting paid very well and I'm challenged, but I'm not, this is ridiculous, you know? Yeah, so I was definitely unhappy during that underemployment experience, but unhappily employed, I was certainly earmarking something else, which is more about, being in alignment with your gifts, your yeah. skills, your talents, your strengths. And when you're not doing those things, when you're not serving the people that God has given you to serve, you're going to be unhappy. And Gayon, I know you know a lot about that because I know that's what you work with your, your clients on. <laughs> I just, I feel it. Like I felt, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So- so again, like these are such juicy topics. Talk to us about your transition. How'd you navigate a career change like from each one of them or whichever one that you want to talk through? Yeah, okay. So here's what happened. Um, nothing that I'm doing is working, right? I'm looking for a job and I'm going after it. And I'm a learner. Like one of my number one strengths is I love to learn. I'm also slightly a perfectionist. So since what I was doing wasn't working in my job search, I'm like, uh-uh, I've got to figure this out. I went to the library, okay? <laughs> went to the library and I got a book on resumes and I had plenty of time on my hands. The book was probably like this thick. And I sat down and I read it from cover to cover, page by page, line by line. 
And I'm like, I'm going to figure this resume thing out. Okay. So by the time I finished that book, I went back and I transformed my resume. My resume was completely different. That book gave me so many ahas and I realized that I was doing wrong. And let me just interject this here quickly, Gayarn. One thing that I think that I've noticed with people that I work with is they're a lot like me where we're professionals, we're college educated, you know? Um, so we think that we can handle writing a resume. You know, you know your work experience and you're, you're a professional and you can do that. I was doing so many things wrong. So that book really opened my eyes to that. <clears throat> when I changed my resume, um, that started making a difference. I started finally getting some response. But I also realized by reading that book from the library that it was written by an expert. And that was my first light bulb into there are people who are pros at this, like true professionals and all they do That's okay. yeah. are writing resumes. Mm-hmm. So then I decided, I think I've done a pretty good job with this, but I really want this job. I really want a new job. So I'm going to hire somebody. And I found a resume writer mm-hmm. and he, you know, transformed my resume again. He told me that I'd done a great job, but he did some, he added some like tips and tricks and things that I hadn't even thought of. And I started getting interviews. So I'm going through the interview process, but I'm not getting offers now. So again, I'm like, mm, there's something here that I'm still missing. So at the time, this is a long time ago, but at the time, um, there was a lady who was like an expert in careers and she was offering a membership to her career club. And it was like $19 a month and I'm broke, I'm unemployed, but I'm, and I'm scraping pennies together. But I'm like, I'm going to find $19. <laughs> And joining her career club gave me access to a bunch of interview prep items. And by using those things, I then started to master my interviews and finally started landing some offers. And that's when I realized there is a whole art and science to this that I was missing. And so many people are missing. And you really fall into this mm-hmm. place of just feeling so down. Like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get a job? I know I'm qualified. I know I've got the experience. I'm sending out my resume. Nobody's calling me. There's an art. There is. There's an art. There is. And you know what's funny? I don't mean to cut you off. No. Like, even things that you're saying, they're triggering um, um, like a new realism about the the world we live in. Like one of the things that you're saying, it's reminding me that even though you can be the best, et cetera, like blank, whatever that job title is, if you don't know how to write a resume, (laughs) you could pray all day, all day (laughs) and be great. Right. Be an award-winning, whatever data and data analyst. Right. And just because they don't, (laughs) it's so sad. Like if you don't know how to play the part, if you don't know how to say the line, if you don't know how to memorize the script, it's, it's like acting. Like if you don't know how to act, you will not get the role. Yep. (laughs) What you're saying is so visceral to me because it's like, I went through similar journey. Oh yeah. Very, very similar journey. And you know, it comes to a point where you're like, why haven't I? Why mm-hmm. didn't I think to completely overhaul my resume? I remember when I did it and I yeah. saw the, the change 
even if you didn't get a job, you saw the response rate was just different. People were like, oh, you're great, but it's so different. You know, it's just like, so it's just interesting. I didn't mean to cut you off though. No, that's great. I'm glad you added that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel the same way. And you know, this isn't to beat ourselves up for not knowing not at all. But that was like, that was my transition point, you know, when I realized there's an art to this and I'm going to master it. Yeah. And not only am I a learner, I'm also just naturally a teacher at heart. So I can't help but share information. And that's where the career coaching piece starts to come in. Because as I started to run across other people who are experiencing the same thing, I'm like, oh, well, did you do this? And did you do that? Call me, send, email it to me. We'll work it out. Let me, let me teach you how to do this because you can do it. <laughs> I've just got to give you the tip. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go into more of the juice, right? Okay. <laughs> I really want to tackle things that are your zone of genius and okay. you up. Obviously, Excel with Danielle, I think one of your main products is resume writing, correct or no? Resume auditing. Yes. Resume auditing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So as an expert, I want you to describe like one issue that you're most passionate about um, that you feel like people are missing. And, and I'm sure we've already, you know, clued into it, but I really would love for you to unpack that. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the resume already and that, you know, there's really an art to doing that. So I'll transition over to the interview process, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which, you know, again, we're very, we feel very confident in ourselves that we can talk about ourselves, but it's something that really has to be practiced and rehearsed and you have to be so ready. I practice and prep for my interviews like I'm studying for the GRE. Like wow. it is serious, you know? Mm -hmm. I have highlighters and pens and my laptop and extra screens and I print out the job description and I sit down and I go through everything. I write my stories. I practice my story, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's something that I find that a lot of people just don't do. They tend to read about the company history on the company's website, which is good. They're familiar with the job and then they dress really nice and they go in and they just try to do their best. But you can't wing it when you're trying to land the job and stand out amongst everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, when I was job searching when the economy crashed, Yayan, I was going up against my MBA classmates. These were people who I knew were brilliant, they were smart, they had just as sharp of a background as I did. So what was I going to do differently to stand out, you know? So that it makes a difference, that preparation and the, the time you put in. Yeah. But so just unpack that a little bit more, even in just your own intuition. What is it about prep, preparing for an interview that you think? Why aren't people preparing thoroughly for interviews? You know what I mean? Like what? I just, I think it's, it's kind of a, a false confidence of just thinking that you don't really have to, you know, like you've already, you've already landed the interview. You've landed the interview. So they're interested in you. And so it's just a matter of, you know, um, dressing professionally and showing up and having a conversation, but you really have to go in there and give it all you've got. Here's what I love about thoroughly preparing for an interview. Yeah. When you leave, you will know without a doubt that you gave that interview everything that you had. And if you're not offered the job after that, it was simply God closing the door and saying, I have something better for you. But if you leave that interview with any doubt and any questions of, gosh, I really should have practiced my elevator pitch or 
they asked me that one question and I couldn't remember the name of that system or that tool I used. Yeah. You didn't really give it everything you had. And if you don't get the offer, there's a chance that it's because you didn't bring your best self into that interview. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I want to, I want to spend a little bit, a couple more minutes on this topic, right? Cause I think okay. some, some mental shifts that I've had to make that have been pivotal like game changing in my interview approach have yeah. helped me navigate interviews better. And I think this might help people even as they're listening and might be going through their own transition. I approach an interview like it's a date. Okay. And I approach interviews like, I don't know if they're the one. <laughs> you know what I'm Because, because do I want to spend, do I want, if it's a nine to five or Here's another way of putting it. I approach an interview like I'm a consultant and do okay. you as a client. So it's both like that romantic leveraging that, but also mm -hmm. that business mindset, entrepreneurial mindset. Like, do I want y'all as a client? Mm -hmm. Do I want to be with y'all 40 hours a week? Do you understand what I'm yes. saying? Can I piggyback on this? Sure. Because I, I love that you're saying this. When you're on a first date, you're going to ask a ton of questions. Right. You want to know all about their background and where you're from and what are your values and your beliefs. And a common mistake people make when they go into interviews at the end, when the employer says, so do you have any questions for me? What do they say, Gayon? No. <laughs> no, you've been great. You've explained everything so well. I don't have any questions. Right. <laughs> you know, but if you take that approach that you just talked about, you're going to have questions for them. Exactly. And so I... This is a little bit, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist too, and I've kind of overcome that. And I'm like, I'm really <laughs> perfectionized myself. You might need to give me some tips on how to overcome being a perfectionist. It's just so interesting. Some of it works to our advantage, but then some of it you like, you got to go. But right. <laughs> one of the things that I've learned is I, I do have a competitive, it's not a competitive spirit because I know sometimes mm -hmm. I'm, just like, I'm just not going to do it. But when it comes to interviewing, there's a competitive edge that I try to have. And this is the competitive edge. I'm going to out interview them, right? Yes. Like yes. I'm going to make it, them feel them being whoever, cause you know, there's different interview levels. I'm going to make them understand that I know their problems more than they know their problems. And that I need them to understand that you're not going to win me over with blue skies. You need to Listen. tell me what your problems are because this is not a game, right? No. I, I just, I need you to understand that you need to tell me that it is a, it's a black sky. The earth is shit. You know, there's an earthquake because you get you, people try to sell you green grasses and they, and I'm like, I don't need to be sold. This position right. would be open if you didn't have a need. So talk to me about the need. So <laughs> for me, I've learned, you know, with the dating analogy, but also with the, the consultant approach, like they need to understand I'm assessing them. Mm -hmm. like, I want them more than do you, cause I know you need somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And that dynamic has completely changed the way I prepare. I love it. Completely. And it's like, it's, yeah. you can't help but be super prepared because, you know, so, but anyway. That is, that is so important. I really love that you shared that and that you approach it that way because you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. So after you go in and you answer all of their questions because you're ready and you're prepared, then the roles switch, <laughs> you know, and you're able to start asking your questions, which kind of segues into salary negotiation because 
everything needs to be right. If they're going to offer you the job, then what you want and what you're looking for in your career starts to really matter. Yeah. And salary, the compensation is a big part of that too. Yeah, it is. It is. So let's go into some aha moments that maybe we haven't talked about because okay. I know that one of the things that translated into an aha moment for you that you mentioned earlier is the fact that you were like, there are experts in resume writing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. what, what else in your journey of transitioning into a career expert, into a resume writer, a resume auditor, have you felt like have been aha moments? Um, and it could be anything to do with things culturally, things economically. It could be um, things just in your work experience that you're like, wow, like, okay, this is what's going on. And this is my epiphany. I think that, wow, I have so many. Mm-hmm. A big aha moment would definitely be how many people are struggling with this but aren't talking about it. And that's why I was so excited to accept your invitation to come on today and have this discussion and excited to even see the work that you're doing. I think it's so important. And I just want anyone who's watching or listening today to know that you are not alone. You know, if you're stepping out of work in the middle of the day to go sit in your car and have a conversation with God, you are not alone. (laughs) You know, we have been there. There are people who are there right now. And it is okay. It does not make you weak or less intelligent to say, I need someone to guide me through this. I need someone to help me figure out the next step in my career and to get me to where I'm trying to go. You know, it's okay to do that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a stigma. I feel like, oh, did you see the movie Concussion? Completely tangential, but I want to ask. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Great movie. Really good. The moment where Will Smith playing the doctor, I don't remember the doctor's name, um, says to his soon-to-be wife, he says, because she needed money. Mm -hmm. and And he was like, a need is not a weakness. Like he explains to her, oh yes, not a weakness. It is just need. It's just need. Like you're it's just need. You have a need, and I think sometimes, I don't know what it is with being a college-educated woman or being a black woman. I don't know. I really don't understand. But I think somewhere in wanting to be independent and wanting to sort of flex your muscle of I've got it all together. You know, I'm a success story already. We, we, we don't want to talk about our needs. We don't want to talk about where we need help. And I'm yeah. finding that as a coach, like I have to educate pre-clients, right? Like prospects, the audience, yeah. well, the way I market is educating people that coaching is normative. It's normal. It's normal. It's okay. It's yeah. Okay. It's just yeah. fulfilling a need that you might be going through. So you brought, when you said that, it just reminded me how much sometimes people stigmatize their needs and they feel like they can't talk about it because they're mm-hmm. afraid it makes them look less than or it makes them look I don't know deficient I, I don't know I mean that and that's that's it like I remember being in my apartment with no money and an eviction notice and looking for work and just being really embarrassed you know yeah, like low-key I was hiding from my friends I was hiding from my sorors I didn't want to answer my mom's questions about you know, how's the job search going? I, I felt afraid to let people know where I was. True. But we all have this vision of who we're supposed to be and who we want to be. And that need that we have 
and asking for help, it's only going to help us get to that vision of ourselves faster. So that's it's okay. Quote, that's a quote of all. <laughs> that is a quote of all. Can you just say it one more time? I want to make sure I write what did it. What I say? <laughs> we all have a vision. Right. We have a vision. We have a vision of ourselves that we're, of who we're supposed to be. And when we find ourselves in a place of need, asking for help just helps us realize that version of ourselves faster. good <laughs> yeah yeah that was really good if you ever decide to write a book hey that was in combination with what you said i'm just piggybacking here <laughs> good get yeah answer mm-hmm. cool. sorry to take a moment to write that down it was just so palpable for me because again of all about educating I, I believe in the professionalism of coaching and taking what i do seriously and i think we have to help people navigate that. Like it is okay to address these needs, but let's get into the rapid fire questions. I'm sorry, before I even get there, do you have any other aha moments you want to share that maybe you were like, Oh, that's good. Let's, let's get into the rapid fire. (laughs) Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions are really short, succinct questions and then answers. And if there's juicy enough answer, if you maybe answer someone, okay. I'm going to ask you like, why, why did you say that? But for the most part, short and sweet. The first one is your best tip on finding a new job. Ooh, my best tip on finding a new job, have your resume professionally reviewed or written. Perfect. Number two, best piece of advice on crushing an interview. (laughs) We probably beat that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Prepare for your interview like you're studying for the GRE. (laughs) Study for it and prepare for it like an exam. Treat it like a first date. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Number three, best tip on negotiating salary. Number one, ask, because a lot of us are afraid to even open our mouth and ask for more money to know your market value. So do your research and find out what other companies are paying for your role. Nice. Number four, number one resource you use or give to clients to make their transition. Number one resource I give to clients would be my free resume makeover guide. So that's at excelwithdanielle.com slash guide. And it walks you through how to completely make over your resume in like five quick steps. Love it. Number five, what's the best song or success quote that motivates you? Oh, I love this song called Second Wind by Kiara Sheard. Yeah. And the lyrics that really just touch me are, um, even though it feels like your world is falling apart, God has already worked it out. Mm. It's already worked out. And that gives me motivation. I listen to it all the time. Love it. I'm going to, I'm going to download that. Number six, your personal idea of success. Being resilient, <laughs> yeah. not, not crushing under any pressure. If I look up and I realize, oh, I made it through that, then I feel successful. You know, I like that. I like that a lot. Number seven, what book would you recommend to the She Ventures tribe and why? Now, this is a little off the job search topic, but this is so important for careers. Um, It's my favorite book that I recommend to all of my mentees and clients that I work with. It's called Forget a Mentor find a sponsor. It's written by Sylvia Ann Hewlett. And it's all about how once you land the job 
and you are in the company, how do you get to the next level then? And the key to that is sponsorship. And this book unlocks all of those details on what sponsorship is. And then in closing, thank you so much, Danielle. This is our final question of the podcast interview. Okay. Um, can you let everyone know where it is that we can learn more about who you are, your brand, and products and services? Awesome. Of course. Of course. I would love to hear from you all, whoever's watching or listening. So please come find me on my website at excelwithdanielle.com. If you're looking for a free resource to make over your resume, go to excelwithdanielle.com slash guide. I'm on Instagram, Excel with Danielle, and I'm also on Twitter. I don't use Twitter a whole lot, but if you tweet me, you might be able to convince me to become more active. And that's <laughs> Excel W Danielle on Twitter. Perfect. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for making the time. Yes, it's awesome. A lot from this from this interview and we will chat. Yes, I've had such a great time. Thank you, Gayas. This podcast episode has been brought to you by People's Insurance Services, where protecting is caring. If you're looking for competitive rates for your auto, home, or commercial insurance needs in Florida, call 954-733-8500. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take the time to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher.